0: Good morning. It's Friday, June the 4th, and I'm Aya Wimala on a muggy, not totally overcast day, but our temperatures today are supposed to be up in the 90s, which is a pretty abrupt shift from mid-70s. Um, I don't think it's anywhere near that right now, but that's the day we're looking at here in northern Illinois. So. I hope your Friday is going well. And uh, I'd like to share with you again today some another uh, essay from Gil Fronsdale's book, The Issue at Hand. And this is a book that I've had for a very long time given to me by someone um, who ha- who shared a love of Gil Fronsdale. And I, this was back... Maybe, uh, well, many years ago. So I didn't even know this book existed until she gifted it with me. We've been talking about how much we liked his teachings. So this is an essay. And uh, uh, Again, it continues the theme of nature, and using nature as the image we work with. And this is uh, following on the one I did yesterday that was called being a naturalist and uh, being that observer, observing things as they really are, without judgment but with careful attention. So today is according with nature. And this is the Dhammapada verse that's an inspiration. Who once was inattentive, but now is not, illumines the world like the moon set free from a cloud. Dhammapada 172. According with nature, all spiritual practice involves change, or a wish for change, to go from a state of suffering to a state without suffering, to go from agitation to calm, to go from a closed heart to an open, compassionate heart. When people first come to a spiritual practice, the desire, even the need for change is often quite clear. Conversely, in some advanced Buddhist practices, the desire for change may be so subtle that it may go unnoticed. For example, One may learn the practice of simply accepting things as they are, without wanting change. But even here there is change, from a state of non-acceptance to a state of acceptance. It is important for us to reflect on our relationship to the process of seeking change. Are there healthy and unhealthy ways of bringing about change? One way to look at this, one way to think of this, is to look at the distinction between change that accords with nature and change as an act of ego. Consider how a skilled gardener supports the growth of a flower. The gardener doesn't tug on a seed sprout to help the plant grow or pull open the petals to open a blossom. Rather, he or she nourishes and protects the plant and so lets it grow and flower in line with its nature. In the same way, much of what sustains our life occurs without our needing to intervene. For example, the body knows how to take care of itself in a way that the mind would never possibly understand. The conscious mind cannot control everything related to the pumping of the heart the circulation of blood, and the working of the immune system. What our bodies do without our conscious awareness is simply astounding. Our main role in these processes is to nourish and protect. In contrast to this natural unfolding, there is change imposed by the ego. Out of our insecurity, fear, hostility, greed, or ambition, and because of our phenomenal ability for abstract thinking, we easily impose our world of ideas on top of nature, rather than patiently allowing nature to show us what is needed and how we can come into accord with it. One concept we often impose on our experience is an assumption of permanence, which can put us at odds with the inherent impermanence Of all natural processes. Another concept that can inhibit our expression, the expression of our nature, is a fixed image of ourselves which can easily propel us to conform to shoulds and shouldn'ts. I believe that spiritual practice unfolds most smoothly when we find how to accord ourselves with nature. A useful metaphor for this is a river. To enter the spiritual life fully is to enter a stream that eventually carries you to the great ocean. All you have to do is get into the river and stay in it. Trust, persistence, mindfulness, clarity, and insight help us float in the river. Once we are floating, the nature of a river is to carry us effortlessly to the ocean. If we fight the river, if we fight against the current, we can exhaust ourselves trying to go against the natural flow. The river metaphor is quite different from the popular metaphor that likens the the spiritual path to climbing a mountain, which suggests hard, constant, and willful uphill effort and can lend itself to an ego-driven spirituality. The trek is hard, suggesting that not everyone can make it. The mountain peak may be quite narrow, suggesting it can only hold a few people at a time. In contrast, the ocean is big enough to hold everyone. The river metaphor is expressive of a practice of according with nature with truth. This does not mean that spiritual practice requires nothing of us. A fast river may require our attention and navigation to stay in the current, off the rocks and out of the eddies. Practice requires mindfulness and investigation supported by calmness and inner stability to discover nature and how to accord ourselves with it Often this entails learning how to leave ourselves alone, how not to interfere with the natural unfolding and healing that will occur if we give them a chance. Our conscious mind may not know what is supposed to unfold. Like a flower that needs water and fertilizer, our inner inner life opens in its varied ways when it is ready if we nourish it with attentiveness, compassion, and acceptance. To work with nature, we need to study it thoroughly. One way to do this is to investigate all the ways we work against nature, by being judgmental, hostile, demanding, hurried, unkind, or ungenerous. Another important way to study Nature is through mindfulness of the body. Our bodies are, after all, a clear expression of nature. The body is perhaps our most intimate connection to nature. To be mindful of the body is to be interested in what wants to move within the body, what wants expression. Many of our volitions, desires, fears, aspirations, Understandings and emotions reside in the body. To resist nature is to keep these frozen within the body. But the opposite, to act on them blindly, also goes against nature. To accord with nature is to discover that you are nature. In Buddhism, there is a saying, those who practice the Dhamma are protected by the Dhamma. Another way of saying this is that those who practice in accord with nature are protected by nature. Those who practice the truth are in turn protected by the truth. May you all be protected by your nature. (sighs) I really just love the thoughts in this. And I love the image of thinking about this path uh, as being able to float in the river, and not fighting like not that, not that uh, climbing a mountain, making it so hard for ourselves. And when he calls uh, that that uh, hard uphill effort, that climbing a mountain, that can lend itself to an ego-driven spirituality. I've been thinking about that a lot. That ego-driven spirituality uh, is—that's—that's um, a—that's a real thing. So, if we want to do it right and be the best and know the most and um, are am, are spiritually ambitious in the in the wrong ways, and <laughs> so the image of the. Uh, acknowledging nature and our and and us being a part of it, I think they're just wonderful, beautiful ideas in this. I'll read the Dhammapada verse again. Who once was inattentive, but now is not, illumines the world like the moon set free from a cloud. So that's just a beautiful, beautiful connections he's making. So let's practice and um, let your mindfulness, I think our mindfulness beginning in the body is also a very important topic. Our mindfulness you know, the first foundation of mindfulness is this body. And so many of our teachings teachings are, well, let's say all of them connect with the body and our senses and our mind being a sense. So even the way our mind goes out and uh, encounters nature and Dhamma and reality, all of that is connected. That's all part of this physical body. So the mindfulness begins in the body, it ends in the body. So that's our, that's our connection to the earth. We are part of all of this. So why don't we sit and be aware of that mindfulness of the body just by being with our body Becoming more attentive to what our body is telling us and what we can learn from the body. You can close your eyes. Be aware of the body breathing And that's one of those functions that we, we have to let the body do the work. Like our immune system. I love that part of his essay. There's so much about our body that's so much more complicated. It's a good thing that, that our body can take care of that, because we can't, we can't control it. We can take care of it, but we can't control it. We are not in charge of everything. Be aware of the body breathing Be aware of where you feel your breath in your body. Just allow your body to settle. Let your focus stay on your breath. Be aware of your thoughts, but no need to get caught up in them or give them attention. Just allow them to come and go. And if you want to work with these thoughts, just you might be wanting to uh, deal with a particular thought as it comes up. Try just to stay with the uh, feeling of that thought and just investigate it. Just be aware, focus your awareness on it. Notice the qualities of it. If it's a habitual thought, just notice when does this thought arise? Where do you feel it in your body? It may be a thought that typically causes you pain or sadness, or maybe anger. Just be aware of what what is that feeling and what is the emotional quality. The feeling is one thing, the emotional quality is another. you may want to linger with this thought, but it might be good to just let it go. Maybe recognizing it is enough. Being aware of it being in your mind is enough for right now. You can come back to a neutral position Let the thought go. Whatever the thought is, it's it's impermanent. It's not who we are. Practice just coming back to the breath. Just keep returning to the breath. Letting go of tightness you may feel. Letting go of stress. You can imagine floating down that river. let go of making everything into a mountain, a mountain you have to climb, See the image of that flower blooming on its own. Taking the time it needs to bloom and open up. Resist the urge to force it. Now let's practice metta, practice loving friendliness, loving kindness, goodwill, sending these thoughts and these, what we call blessings, sending them to ourselves first really feeling that kindness towards ourselves, being our best friend. Even in times when we may find ourselves angry with ourselves or disappointed in ourselves, we can send those thoughts of kindness and goodwill, cheering ourselves up, And then we allow these same feelings to radiate out from us to others. Radiating out first to our loved ones. Finding someone, at least one loved one, that we can send these out unconditionally, send out this kindness And it becomes easier and easier to develop this quality that we start with internally and then send out. We allow it to radiate out to all others, all other beings, all creatures, all human beings. all non-human beings. May all beings be free from suffering and its causes, free from fear and anxiety and worry, free from hunger and thirst. May all beings be able to take care of themselves. Just allow all of these thoughts to just radiate out from an endless heart. May all of you have a beautiful day. And keep that feeling of floating on the river. The gentleness of watching a flower bloom, not wanting to force it open. So, thanks for joining me. And I wanted to remind all of you that um, tomorrow from, well, central time, 5 to 6.30, is the sutra discussion with with a large group of monastics all working with a a particular sutta and sharing thoughts. And uh, that's Bhante Saranapala, the urban Buddhist monk, and it's on his. It's a face Facebook Live on his page, and uh, it's you, lots of different monks. And if you're if you're a fan of Blue Lotus Temple, you've seen several of the monks as speakers on Saturdays on Zoom, and uh, you'll recognize some familiar faces. So hope you can make that. And if not, you can always see it. Uh, later than it's on YouTube. I think it's on YouTube Live, too, it hit with his, uh, his YouTube page. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day and a beautiful weekend, and I'll be with you on Sunday. And let's share merit. May everything we do and say and think be done not only for our own benefit, but for the good of all beings Thank you.